Welcome to Vibrant Potential. I'm your host, Dr. Chris Frickman. Today's guest is Jonathan Mead of Uncaged Man. This is a great conversation. It's a little bit shorter than some of my shows, and we get into some really great stuff about finding your creative spark, being in nature and the power of that, the power of primal movement. Jonathan Mead is an expert in helping men to find their primal selves in a healthy way. Uh, You can check out more about him at uncagedman.com. You can check out the show notes at drchrisfrickman.com slash uncagedman. Let's get to it. Welcome to Vibrant Potential. We provide you with everything you need to know to overcome stress, fatigue, and chronic health challenges, as well as optimizing your performance in fitness, relationship, and business. We use integrative health solutions and functional medicine strategies, including brain-based approaches, inspired fitness tips, emotional intelligence coaching, and spiritual growth techniques, so you can live the life you want, connect deeply with others, and fulfill your vibrant potential. Your host is functional medicine expert, genetic biohacker, and triathlon coach, Dr. Chris Frickman. Jonathan Mead, thank you for being on the show. Thanks, Dr. Chris. I'm excited to be here and uh, I'm excited to uh, share some stuff with your listeners today. All right. I appreciate it, man. I'm just going to dive right in. I want to know about Uncaged Man. This is, uh, I learned about you first, actually, from uh, some work that you've done, which is very much along the lines of Vibrant Potential called Paid to Exist. And I, I loved that work because it was all about doing what you're passionate about and finding a way to essentially monetize it. That's a huge part of expressing your vibrant potential and just sort of living your best life is following your passions. And of course, we have to figure out a way to make money too. So I thought that was a cool, it was a cool way to talk about it. And now you've got this, this new direction that you're going with Uncaged Man. What is Uncaged Man? Uncaged Man kind of it, it came out of this work that I've been doing with Paid to Exist and was kind of a natural evolution. So, you know, I started Paid to Exist originally because I was working in, you know, dead end sort of corporate jobs, um, really not passionate about what I did and really not feeling very much meaning or purpose in the work that I was doing. And I, I realized like I had to do something for myself. I had to figure out how to follow my own passion. So I started a personal development website um, back in 2008. And a year later, I was able to quit my job and, and was starting to help other people find their passion. And that's what I've been doing for the last seven years. And I, I thought that kind of my passion was helping other people find their passion. And, and that was a part of it. Um, but I realized there was something more that I was being called toward. There was something deeper. And I realized there was this deeper sort of, I don't know, mission or purpose or thread that was tying, 
you know, itself through my work. And that was uncaging, helping people break free from um, domestication, break free from, you know, having to follow this template of life. Um, you know, these, these, these sort of uh, templates that we have in, in general, right? Everything in our cultures tends to get so compartmentalized, like whether it's career or fitness or um, whatever it might be. And I want to help people break free from those so they can live more on their own terms. And I realized that Uncaged Man was the, the vehicle, the next calling for me um, to help me do that. And yeah, I'm, I'm really passionate about helping men reclaim uh, their innate wildness. I found personally for me that as I was on this journey of self-discovery and trying to figure out how to live my best life, how to you know, be the greatest version of myself. I found that, um, you know, I, I went, started going back to like retracing my roots. Like how did, how did I live the best life? Like in the way my biology was designed for, right. For, for millions of years. Um, I think a lot of people are familiar with this, with the sort of like paleo diet concept, right? Sure. Like, I don't know exactly what the best diet is for me. I've tried a bunch of different things. Like maybe I should look at the way hunter gatherers ate for, you know, um, you know, millions of years and maybe that'll give a good sort of model for how I can eat. So as I was getting into that and then I started getting into more like natural movement and stuff. And then I started to realize like, Oh yeah, this wildness thing in general is kind of like the missing link for me. Uh, to figure out how I can how I can live my best life, and there's just there's just so much depth and and joy and um, yeah, just so much goodness within that that I think we're just beginning to tap into it. And it seems you know it seems so obvious now, like oh of course it's like nature, <laughs> it's it seems so basic, but. Um, yeah, it's it is kind of novel, right? When you have lived in a domesticated way for so long. Mm, totally. Yeah, it's such a pervasive thing for us to just be sitting so much and being in front of a screen, you know, whether that's your iPhone, your tablet, your computer, your TV, there's just so many screens now. Screens everywhere. Yeah, they're <laughs> everywhere. And yep. in a way it's 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 crazy. It's like a it's like a science fiction movie that I, I would have seen 20 years ago or where mm-hmm. it's amazing how fast and how far we've come with technology, but it's almost like we're just, we're gaining this technology and this information so quickly that we're, right. we're endangering ourselves with it. And, and yeah. I mean, I guess that was kind of like the same thing like with the atom bomb. And this is a little bit different, but in a way, no less dangerous because we're like destroying almost like who yeah. we are. Like we're totally losing right. touch. And so am I, mm-hmm. it seems to me like Uncaged Man is about be, getting back in touch with, with, with our roots and where we came from and stuff. Is that an accurate way to say it? Yeah, absolutely. And, and, you know, I, I think it's, it's funny that you say like, this is almost in a way a little more, more dangerous than the atom bomb. And I, I think, you know, some people listening to this might be like, Oh, that's, that sounds kind of dramatic, but that's hyperbole. It, 
Yeah, but but like let's let's just look at that for a second. The atom bomb, at least that goes off, and you don't have to deal with anything anymore, <laughs> right? Like you're gone. Um, but all of this stuff, we have to live through it, and we have to live in this suboptimal sort of like shell of a life. Um, with with all of these these screens and that and that's that's really the the challenge it's not just the screens but it's it's all of these things like the template of of uh, of a career and you know sacrificing your happiness for freedom that's supposed to come at some point but it never really seems to arrive or these you know these fitness templates are going to a, you know, a gym and working out and doing the same thing over and over that's supposed to like make you fit, but we don't even know what that is making us fit for anymore. Mm. We never actually do the thing that we're training for. So it's like, it, it would almost be better if we were actually, you know, my thing is called uncaged man. It'd almost be better if we actually were in a cage because then we could see the cage and we could know like how to get out of it and how to break free, but the the quote unquote cages of domestication, you know, the the work life template, the the fitness templates, the screens, we don't see how they're caging us. They're kind of like these invisible cages, and I feel like that's why they're so insidious. Um, but making them visible, bringing awareness to it, is is part of the work that I'm doing so people can see like, Oh, there's, yeah, there's other options out there. Um, and yeah, getting back in touch with your wildness, your true nature, um, which even, you know, after 5,000 or so years of domestication, it's not that long. It's, it's still all that, those instincts and that DNA is right underneath the surface. And, um, yeah, we just have to uncover it. We just have to re- reawaken it. So how do you find is best to help people do that? Like what kind of tools? Like use, I know you use some physical activity stuff. I mean, I'm sure introspection mm-hmm. is a part of it. Like how do you guide people to, to that? Yeah, the, the fastest path to helping someone reclaim their innate wildness um, is through the body for sure. So... It's, it's about creating practices that ensure that you don't put that sort of wildness and that time outside last on your, on your to-do list because it's so easy, right? It's so easy to think that I don't have time for that. So you don't need more time. We just need to figure out how to integrate these things into our lives in, in a way where they're just embedded um, and they become like part of the fabric of our lives rather than this extra thing that I have to do. So one of the most basic, simple practices that I like to get people doing is with your morning cup of coffee or, you know, for me, it's when I take my dog outside in the morning, I make sure that my shoes are off and I, I actually make contact with the ground outside and I do basic like joint rotations and squatting practice. So I just take a few minutes in the morning to just connect with the ground and feel, you know, the air on my skin, feel the, you know, my feet on the ground and 
just take a, take a minute or two to connect. So that's, that's one of the most basic things, but um, we could talk definitely more about like natural movement and how to make more of an in-depth practice to that as well. So here's what I, that would be awesome. Here's what I'm going to ask next. Um, I feel like there's two concepts and I'm wondering which one you feel like is important. I I think you think they're both important. I'm not sure, but um, I feel like there's this one concept where it's like, let's promote natural movement, which uh, like in one way, uh, in one of your videos somewhere, I've watched a lot of your videos and and, uh, read, read some of your blogs and things like this. And, and, in one of the videos, you talked about hanging, you know, mm-hmm. like, like we're just um, primates made to broculate and, and our shoulders are made for this hanging and stuff like that. Kind of mm-hmm. um, Edo Portal is talking about that and stuff a lot, too. It's like a move naturally kind of a thing. And you gave this suggestion of, hey, one way to do it, you know, just, you know, you were throwing out a suggestion. One way that you can do it is is just hang, you know, for like 30 seconds, like not doing pull-ups, just like grab a pull-up bar, though, in your house, and you can just yeah. like hang for 30 seconds. And then and then you said, if you want, you just leave it there, and like every time you walk through that that opening, just hang for like five or 10 seconds. And, and that way you're kind of like integrating into your life. So, uh, and there's like a great picture of you, um, I'm trying to think where it is. I think it's on your website, um, where you're, you're doing this deep squat over, like, it it looks like you're at a coffee shop and you're Mm -hmm. on, and you have like one foot on, on two different bar stools and, and you're on your laptop and that looks, it, it looks really cool. And at, about a week after I saw that, uh, I have three daughters and my youngest is eight. And my, uh, a bunch of us were sitting around my table in my dining room. And I just noticed this. It's not like I coached her to do this. My, my eight-year-old Emma was literally sitting just like that on one, only on one chair, not on two, but we were all just sitting there like, I can't remember if we were playing cards or what we were doing at the table, but kind of being in community there. And mm-hmm. she was just had her feet on the chair and she was in this super deep squat where her butt's touching your heels, basically not using the back of the chair, but sitting at the table where everyone is. I mean, we might as well have been on the ground as far as she's concerned, but it's so natural when it's just like a natural human movement. Right. So, right doing these like deep squats or, or hanging or some of these like what, what we might call primal movements or natural movements, whatever. That's one thing I'm getting from you a lot, which I think is great. But then there's this other side where it's uh, on, your, on your website. If people want to go check out uncagedman.com, uh, that's one of your websites. And, and you say on there, my quest for the answers led me to wilderness. And... So there's this mm-hmm. whole thing about so what I just was talking about was like primal movements but basically inside you know not that they have to only right. be inside but they're they're inside the house and, mm-hmm. and I have tiled floors and wood flooring and stuff like that and flat surfaces right. and blah 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 and then there's this other aspect where it's like you're talking about just 
what some people call earthing, like just take my shoes off. I just like, I want to smell the fresh air. I want to feel the sunshine without a, you know, a filtered through a window. I, I want to feel the dirt or the rock or whatever it is under my, my actual bare feet, like, and connecting with nature and stuff. So are those two different things and are those both important? Mm. That's, that's a fantastic question because this is a, this has been a big part of my personal journey and, and, and it's become a big part of my work because there's, there's a, there's a choice we, we have to make, right. As, as humans, as soon as we start getting back into this whole, you know, rewilding stuff, how do I, how do I be a human in, in the way that I was like evolved to be? Um, we, we could choose like, should I try to go live in the middle of the woods, you know, and in as close to the earth as possible? Um, or do I choose to live in civilization and try to reintegrate as much of these practices as possible into the modern life? And for most people, I think it's going to be the second, right? Most people, it's going to be a question of like, how do I, how do I um, rewild my habitat, my environment, my habits, and then how do I make practices as well? So that's, that's the natural movement piece. That's like integrating that into your home life, into the indoors, you know, trying to create a habitat that's more like, you know, that's more supportive of of natural movement and, and all these other things, which is awesome. But then it's like, how do I also create habits and practices that get me outside that do get me back in touch with nature and wild spaces as much as possible. And that might, you know, that might look like for some people, like a weekly hike with a friend Um, that might mean for other people taking meetings or phone calls outside, um, for other people that might be like, I'm going to take a quarterly retreat in a cabin, uh, you know, in as remote place as possible and spend as much time in solitude, just thinking about my life and my purpose and, you know, spending a lot of time in nature. Other people, it might be camping, you know, so there's a lot of different options. Um, and I think that's, that's one of the big questions is how do I make this work for my life, um, in a way that makes sense for me? There's, there's so many different levels, right. That you can, that you can go with it. Got it. One thing I really like about your work is that you, you're kind of like, you're leading people but you're also on a journey of self-discovery at the same time, and you're very open about that. You're very real about that. Uh, you're not pretending to have all the answers. You're just like, hey. That would be uncomfortable. <laughs> to, I mean, to, then I'd have to really make sure that I never say anything wrong. <laughs> yeah, right, right, right. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, I, I feel like a lot of people are, they're uncomfortable being real because you know, they, they see that vulnerability or something as, as a, I don't know, an imperfection or a, right. a, 
whatever, something that's like going to take away from the per, the public's perception of, I don't know how smart you are, how, va- how right. much value you're bringing, like something like that. So I'm just curious if you can say anything about that because that seems to be it. Yeah. Oh, man, I, I have so much to say about that. I mean, first of all, I... Yeah, I don't have all the answers and I am on this path myself. I'm not a wilderness survival expert. I'm not the embodiment of like Bilbo Baggins or I don't know, John Muir or um, Henry David Thoreau or something like that. So yeah, I'm, I'm still figuring this out. Like I grew up totally domesticated. Like I didn't, I wasn't raised by wolves or, or anything like that. Like I grew up in the suburbs of Idaho, you know, um, you know, I played, I played Nintendo every day as a kid, like, um, so there's, there's that I'm on this path myself and, and yeah, I want to, I want to invite people to go on this journey with me. Like there's so much I have to learn and I know there's so much I can learn from other people. Um, I learn stuff from people you know, that are in my audience all the time that are following my work. So I benefit from that so much. And the more that I'm vulnerable and the more that I share openly and honestly, like, Hey, I'm being honest that like, you know, I think a lot of people that are trying to put on that image of perfection or whatever it is, they have this mistaken belief, like so many of us do, right. That people care about them a lot. And the reality is like, People don't care about you as much as you think. Like, let's just, let's just be real. When I'm outside and I'm wondering what people are thinking about me, everyone else is thinking the same thing. Mm. They're wondering what everyone else is thinking about them. So in some ways that's kind of sad, right? Because we, 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 we're, we're not accurately perceiving reality, but in another way, it's like freedom to just be you And the more you are just you and you're honest and open about that, like that's attractive to other people because you're giving other people permission to be flawed, to be human. Um, And I think that's a beautiful thing. And I'll, I'll be the first to admit, you know, I've made a lot of mistakes. I don't, I don't have all the answers. I don't, you know, sometimes I'm making this stuff up as I'm going along and, um, yeah, that's, that's exciting. And, and it's, yeah, I, I've just found that it gives other people that, that permission as well. And it inspires other people to open up. And that's, that's where the real growth happens. The real growth happens when you're open and vulnerable and you're not trying to act like you have it all figured out. You can't grow from that place. Why is growth important? Uh, growth is life, man. I mean, we're, we're most happy when we feel like we're making progress, when we feel like we're expanding. And um, yeah, I mean, growth has to be put in check, right? If something grows too much, like it could overrun everything else. Um, but generally speaking, I think we're happiest when we're, when we're growing, when we're evolving. Um, and creating. Yeah, so as someone who was in the, the almost what's become like the classic stereotypical dead-end corporate job, 
and then you have been following your passion and you've been making a living at that. Uh, and that's been something that you've been creating and you've been very real about that as you've been going and stuff and, and all that, all that that we've just talked about. How do you recommend, like, how can someone start to like do that for themselves? Like, I have this firm belief that everybody has a creative, you know, spark, a creative spirit. And what's like a good yeah. first step for people? Uh, I mean, I think getting to know what your passion is, is, is a good first step and getting to know how that translates into value that you can bring to the world is, is vital. Um, there's a lot of people that have a lot of passion, but they don't know how to translate that into value. And there's a lot of people that have a lot of value, but they're not passionate. So really getting clear on, on those two things. And, you know, to bring this back to the whole wildness piece, this is something that would happen naturally in a tribal setting, like an elder or or something would notice a, uh, uh, an inclination in a child and they would see like, Oh, this, this person naturally gravitates to this. So I'm going to connect them with, you know, other, other people in the tribe that are really good at this. We don't have that anymore. So, um, in some ways it's, it's a little bit harder. And I think just accepting that is, is really valuable because it's not necessarily your fault that it is this way. It's not your fault that you went down this path because that's where everyone is led to go down. So accept that, but accept now that, that you know that you have a choice. And the first step is a getting clear on what is my, what is my unique passion? And then what is my value that I can bring to the world that, that would allow me to get paid to be who I am. Um, so a couple of practical ways that you can do that. Uh, ask people, ask people that you trust and that you love, like, what am I good at? Because the problem is we don't often see what we're good at because it's so normal for us. And we second guess whatever's second nature to our, to ourselves. So you need someone else to hold up a mirror right for you. So that is important. Getting feedback from other people is very important. And then spending your you know, time asking yourself questions, deep questions, like, you know, what is, what is something that like, I'm just naturally obsessed with? What's something I could talk about for hours and I, I would never get tired of it. Um, what is something that I would, I would do for free? Um, even if I wasn't paid for it, uh, you know, questions like this, like, what have I, what have I always been excited about even since I was a kid? Um, and it might help you to, I found that I get most clear on my purpose and, and what the work that I meant to do when I step outside of my normal life. And when I take time to retreat and to spend time in solitude. So this could be a hike for a day where you just get out. It could be renting a hotel room, even in your own city. It could be, um, you know, actually doing a more extended retreat, like going to the coast and spending three days there just to focus on this. Um, 
And this is like, this is your life we're talking about, right? So investing three or four days just to, to get clear on this is probably one of the most important, valuable things you can do. So that's what I suggest as kind of a starting point. Um, and to accept that this is kind of a messy process, right? Like, yeah, I mean, digging, you just keep yeah. going like year after year just, after year. Yeah. Yeah. And at some point you're, you know, you might think like, oh, it needs to be clear or whatever. And at, at a certain point you're going to realize like, I'm not going to get any clearer until I just start doing stuff mm-hmm. and I start taking action. Um, that was definitely the case for me. <laughs> Uh, a couple of years ago as I was starting to get into this work. Got it. So just a uh, clarifying thing for this, uh, when you're doing your reflective time, whether it's in a retreat or whatever, I find that I have a lot of insights when I'm, when I'm exercising. And, and mm-hmm. I, I guess it is particularly when I'm doing it in alone. Like I, I really enjoy uh, being physically active with others, but I do it by myself sometimes as well. And sometimes I just have these like revelations when I'm right. just doing a workout. It, it has even happened in my living room. It, it, I, it happens more often if I'm outside. Like for some reason, trees are just magic for me. And uh, yeah. You know, so, but being in solitude, but I'm curious for you, you mentioned the solitude and, and kind of introspection reflection. Does being physically active, uh, does that seem to draw it out for you or is that not your thing? Oh yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, one of my friends Gallo likes to say creativity lives in the body and I believe that's true. That's like a cool saying. Yeah, yeah. For for those of you listening, you should check out his. Uh, he did a TEDx talk called "Creativity Lives in the Body." That's that's really good. And and I mean, when you think about it, like all of your best ideas always come when you're moving, because we think, you know, we think we there's a separation between the body and the mind, but um, science has has yet to discover like where the mind starts and the body, you know, ends. So it seems more so that uh, the mind and the body are, are one thing. And if you think about it, like your best ideas are going to come when your body's moving, like creativity is movement. Life is movement. So when you're moving, life could move through you. And that, that's why I think it's not only valuable, like to get moving that, that not if it, in and of itself is incredibly valuable, but moving in nature you know, you're surrounded by so much life. Like there's just so much life all around you and it's, that nurtures you. Totally. Um, there's, there's a certain kind of energy that we can only get. I feel like when we're really in, uh, wild spaces. All right, cool, man. Well, anything else that you want to talk about? I guess if I was going to end with something, I really want to encourage people to, take back control of their environment and their habits. Because if you really want to, you know, reintegrate more wildness, more nature into your life, um, the fastest way to do that is with a, your environment. So if you change your environment, like the simple thing, like the pull up bar in the doorway, 
if you have that in your environment, you're more likely to use it, right? So, well, that's true. You're not likely to use it if you don't have it. You're you're not you're not likely to use anything that's not there. So there's that. Um, so just starting starting with that, and then like what habits, what simple habits can you integrate uh, to to make this sort of happen without needing more time, right? We're all starved from time, supposedly anyway. So what are the things you can do that integrate and embed these, this wildness into your life um, without needing more time? So maybe like I'm, I'm a big fan of even needing to trick yourself if you have to do that to, to get outside. So maybe if you have like a mastermind or something, maybe you do your mastermind on a hike or you do your mastermind in a park or something. Or maybe if you have like, you need to think about or plan something, plan a project, do it while you're walking, you know, dictate it on your phone um, and trick yourself that this is you know, going to make you more productive or something like that. Whatever you have to do, basically. <laughs> I, I'm, I, I don't care how you do it. You know, if, if you need to tell yourself like, this is going to make me more money to get outside. Like, <laughs> cool. Awesome. Great. Okay, cool. What's your number one health tip? <sighs> number one health tip. Um, yeah, I, I would say put your, put your feet on the ground every morning because that one thing, well, I would say squat with your bare feet on the ground every morning. Cause that's going to, Oh, tri- you just tricked us. You, you're tricking us into that's two health tips, man. <laughs> no, it's actually, it's actually, uh, it's the squatting. It's the, uh, it's the earthing. And then it's like the fresh air as well. So devious, yeah. devious. You got a bunch of them in all at once. So I know. Deep, deep squat on the natural earth every day. That's it, man. All right. Very good. Very good. Jonathan, I really appreciate your time. Thank you so much for this interview. You're welcome. This is a blast. I'm going to have uh, my show notes. Uh, people can find the show notes at drchrisfrickman.com slash uncagedman. I will put all of the links to you know your Twitter page, your your website. Obviously, uh, is there anything else that you'd love to just get out to people? Yeah, I would. I would just say you know join join the tribe. You know, uncagedman.com. Uh, I would love to have you be a part of this. You know, if you're a man that wants to reclaim your wildness, definitely join our tribe. We'd love to have you there. If you're a woman listening to this, you know, uh, I know there's a man in your life that needs this. Uh, so please send him our way. He will definitely be grateful that you did. You know what? I, I'm, I'm going to backtrack just a little bit and I'm going to ask you, as, because you mentioned uh, women. So the uncaged man is, is obviously for men. Um, should women be afraid of that? Yes, absolutely. A hundred percent terrified. We're, we're going to go nuts. Um, no, 
<laughs> we're gonna go nuts. Yeah. We're we're gonna take off all our clothes and run through the street uh, like Tarzan. Um, <laughs> no, I think that every you know when men reclaim their wildness, uh, not only do they win, but like the women in their lives win, their children win. Um, yeah, every everyone benefits, right? Uh, from this, you're you know if you do this, you're gonna be happier you're going to be healthier you're going to have more energy you're going to be more like more connected to your purpose more connected to the world and everyone in your life is going to benefit from that so i don't think that women should be afraid um and this, I, you it know was a I, silly way to yeah. ask the question but no 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 it's it's a good question though because like we have this taboo against wildness and we are a little bit of afraid of our animal nature like, let's just be real. Um, if we weren't, we wouldn't be required to wear clothing. So, Right. Yeah, yeah, I suppose you're right. Interesting. All right, man. Well, hey, like I said, thank you so much for your time. I would love to stay in touch. Let me know if there's anything I can do to help in the future for you or your efforts. And uh, take care. All right. Thank you. There you have it. Jonathan Mead, Uncaged Man. My invite for you today for your inspired action to reach your vibrant potential is to follow Jonathan Mead's number one health tip, and that's to put your feet, your bare feet, on real earth. Now, he went so far as to say do a full deep squat on on the earth. That's awesome if you know how to do that and, and you're able to do that. Go ahead and go all the way and do that. But if you're not able to do that, don't worry about it. Just even stand with your bare feet. Go for like 10 minutes, okay? And if 10 minutes is too long, do five, whatever you need to do. But I really encourage you to go out there, go in your yard or go in a park or or wherever it's nice and listen to the sounds. Feel the air on your skin and feel the earth, the grass, uh, whatever's under your feet. Feel that on your feet. And you can walk a little bit, but try standing still, too, and just kind of being there in nature. This is going to be really powerful if you really dial into it. See what happens and let me know. Reach out at www.facebook.com slash vibrantpotential and let me know how it went. Here's to your vibrant potential. Visit drchrisfrickman.com for more cutting-edge content, including nutrition and detoxification advice, unique fitness videos, and more. 